I'm coming to get you like Better get rid of your garments I am the realest villain in the villages Pillages just for the win like an army Feel like a win is upon me Offer the gold like I pawned it She texted me that she wanted Red dead I nicknamed that girl got a red head When I put her the fresh and got red head But to be honest I am Leon A resident evil I feel like the Beatles I'm feeling beyond A life full of lows I met shawty shopping at Lowe's And never let shopping the clothes off Got villager chopping the hoes off Ever since I've been chopping the goals off Man, the Audi I had it just Hold on. I'm in Forza like one day I'm going one way on you villains In your city I'm raiding you niggas You think it's Luke Kane but it's gamer you feeling See life is a game and it's playing you niggas See my life the same but I game Call that duty on you niggas I know how to kill it I know when the opportunity arise I'm after that bitch as long as I'm alive I'm after that hoe as long as she a dime I'm happy as shit just knowing that it's mine It's comfortable kinda knowing that it's time I'm your host, Gino Boost from GameMusicForAll.com, and you're listening to another episode of Subcon, a video game hip hop podcast. It's a big week this week. Not only are we talking about the 15th anniversary of one of my favorite video game series, Advance Wars, we're also hyping up the newest release in one of my other favorite video game series, Puyo Pa. So we're going to be talking about the upcoming 25th anniversary game Puyo Chronicles coming out in Japan later this year as well. But before all of that, we got to talk about the track you heard to open the show was from GamerGad. Uh, as always, you could check the show notes over at gamemusicforall.com slash subcon to find links to all of the artists I'm going to play on today's show and check out this track titled Bowser. Gamergad flows on top of some Super Mario beats uh, produced by Mad Cientis, I hope it's pronounced. So let's kick things off by talking about Advance Wars. The first Advance Wars title came out on September 10th, 2001 in the U.S., one of very few Nintendo games back in the day that would actually come out in the United States before it came out in Japan. But some of you Super Nintendo nerds are probably saying that Advance Wars isn't technically the first Advance Wars. Um, The Nintendo Wars series of games started all the way back on the NES with Famicom Wars, Most of the titles since then were called Famicom Wars, all the way up until the release of Advance Wars in Western Territories, the first time the Famicom Wars series ever made it out of Japan, and it seemed to do pretty well. A sequel to Advance Wars quickly came out on the Game Boy Advance, followed by the third in the Advance Wars trilogy, known as Advance Wars Dual Strike. So, my introduction to the franchise started probably around 2005-2006. And my first experience was one of shame and embarrassment. Because because I completely got destroyed on the very first stage of the very first Advance Wars. And I didn't just dive in. There is not just a tutorial for the game. There's basically a whole semester worth of tutorials that you have to take. Not only do you learn what button does what, 
but you also have to learn all the strengths and weaknesses of every type of unit in the game not just ground troops and uh, tanks but also planes helicopters boats submarines but I stuck with it and I made it through the entire series of tutorials just to get to the first stage and realize war is nothing like a tutorial. I was in way over my head, but I eventually put the work in, uh, especially thanks to Advance Wars DS, which I've logged hundreds of hours on, and that's not even counting all the times I rage quit. The most recent Advance Wars was for the DS, a game called Days of Ruin, which was a complete reboot of the Advance Wars series up to that point. Uh, that actually came out in 2008, well, 2013 in Japan, but we'll get to that wackiness. Actually, let's get to that wackiness right now. For some reason, the game was never released in Japan, which is incredibly strange for a Japanese company to do. I mean, how many times has this happened in Nintendo history that a game that one of their Japanese studios makes or even any of their studios anywhere in the world creates a game and it doesn't come out in Japan. I mean, why would Nintendo even make a game if they can't sell it in their home country? But that's exactly what happened to Advance Wars Days of Ruin. Folks in the US and in Europe were able to get the game in 2008 when it was finished, but for some reason they never translated it into Japanese. I mean, I would have assumed the game was in Japanese to begin with, but I gotta dig a little deeper. Like I said, look out for my article. It'll be out uh, soon after this podcast, where hopefully I can dive in a little deeper into the technical aspects of what the heck is up with the releases of Advance Wars games in Japan. So back to the main point. Um, Days of Ruin came out in 2008, uh, which basically makes the series seven years old because it only seemed to run from 2001 to 2008. Of course, there was also the Battalion Wars games, but we're not even going to get into that. I don't even consider them actual Advance Wars type games. And the reason for that is the gameplay. Uh, Battalion Wars is a real-time strategy game, which tries to mix it up by having more action-esque elements going on all around you. But the Advance Wars series is the exact opposite of action-packed action. Um, The game is turn-based, it's slow, methodical, very thoughtful. Most of the time you're not even pressing buttons, you're just observing and thinking. And then at least 25% of the time you're regretting the decision you did make and restarting the game. At least that's how I like to play. One thing I did want to bring up, and I think a 15th anniversary is a good time to bring it up, is all the brand splitting that happened to Advance Wars. Advance Wars is one thing from 2001 to 2005. Advance Wars 1, Advance Wars 2, Black Hole Rising, and Advance Wars 3, Advance Wars Dual Strike all feature mostly the same characters and the same world but apparently that wasn't good enough for a game called Advance Wars and as we were building up into 
things like Call of Duty really taking off. A lot of those gritty action uh, FPS games that were real big and continue to be since 2005. So because Advanced Wars has the word war in it, it couldn't have this uh, colorful, fun, vibrant art style anymore. Not to say the art style from Advanced Wars Days of Ruin is bad. It's actually really good and in a lot of ways very similar to Advanced Wars DS. But it's also much drabber, darker, grittier. There are no COs wearing bright blues and greens and pinks and reds. Everyone's wearing gray and dark blues and browns. And everything just has a much more subdued nature to it, uh, art-wise. So now you have basically the same game, uh, gameplay-wise, but completely different aesthetic that basically split the already niche brand of Advance Wars even nichier, because now you have folks who want to see Advance Wars continue in that darker Days of Ruin direction, and then you want the people who want to just go back to the original characters that we all fell in love with to begin with. Uh, Sammy, Max, and Andy. Which brings me to another thing. If these brands hadn't split up in that way just before development on Smash Brothers Brawl got underway, we could have been able to entertain the possibility that either Max, Andy, or Sammy would have made it into Super Smash Brothers, either Brawl or the most current versions for the Wii U and 3DS. But because of the splitting of art styles, Sakurai must have looked at the series and been like, well, they don't know what they're doing. And you know how he likes to have specifically very famous video game characters and also a bunch of Fire Emblem assholes. So he would have looked at the Advance Wars franchise and been like, well, there's these new characters you started making, but then there's these much more famous older characters that you stopped making. So now, how do I decide which character to put in Smash Brothers? So I'm not, I'm more, more Fire Emblem. And Fire Emblem and Advance Wars are such similar series that it's really sad we got about five or six Fire Emblem characters in Smash Bros. for Wii U and 3DS. And as for Advance Wars, it only gets the most depressingly impotent assist trophy in the entire, in the two entire Smash Bros. games. Advance Wars. Fans get no respect. Speaking of no respect, despite my incessant weekly tweets at Nintendo every Thursday, there is still no Advance Wars DS available to download on the Nintendo Wii U. Europe got this game way back in March of this year, and all someone has to do in America is what upload a file or switch a switch or something and just let me purchase Advance Wars DS for the Wii U for whatever price you decide to put it as 
you've already put Advance Wars 1 and 2 from the Game Boy Advance on the Wii U. The Advance Wars DS is already on the Wii U in Europe. It just feels like all the pieces are in place except for one guy who won't press one button somewhere. And yes, I am sure it's more complicated than that. People probably have to sign some forms first and, you know, have a meeting. But these aren't impossible hurdles. Give me my Advance Wars DS, Nintendo of America, you monsters. Anyway, I have an article about all of this Advance Wars feelings coming soon. I'm sure I come off a bit more erratic on the podcast trying to hit all these talking points because it's a lot to think about. Let's all take a deep breath together and listen to this great new John Rome single called Avocado. Oh no, all I really know, all I really know is that I really want this. Oh no, look at what I got, three up in the back, I'll find a way to seize it. Oh no, all I really want, all I really want is a way to be the leading. And oh no, what I mean is I am working on a plan to bring us in a reason. So come on, come on, come on, love me like a loving avocado. <laughs> and I won't, I won't, I won't swear that I will never brag about it. So come on, come on, come on, love me like a loving avocado. Cause I know, I know, I know, I'm so far away. I'm going from a purgatory to another purgatory Serpentine situation, seeing the serpent supporting Dissimilar storyboards, said it before That I'm torn, said it before, but it's still an issue I feel like a war, begging for attention Is he really wanted? Narcissism isn't always in the form of college Egoism seen as key to solve an issue Haunted by the split between his seeking self-insistent That he saw it, yeah He told himself he can do it and keep it going He need to rid himself of the doubt and keep a focus, yeah Know up an atom, he said, you'll make him notice Can't let it stop your step but all I really know, I mean, all I really know is that he cares enough to think about it, that he cares enough to sing about it. Is that enough? Oh no, all I really know, all I really know is that I really want this. Oh no, look at what I got, three up in the back, I'll find a way to seize it. Oh no, all I really want, all I really want is a way to be the leader. Oh no, what I mean is I am working on a plan to bring us in a reason. So come on, come on, come on, love me like a loving avocado. And I won't, I won't, I won't swear that I will never brag about it. Hey, I lace 
Welcome back. You just heard new-ish music by Sky Blue and Sublime Cloud, the duo known as the Digi Destined. Be sure to grab their album up on their Bandcamp page. But now, let's delve into the second thing I really wanted to talk about today. Getting hyped for Puyo Chronicles! Well, as hyped as I can be, because I'm never going to actually get to play it, but I'm still pretty hyped. In in theory, I'm hyped. In practice, uh, I guess we're going to have to see how it goes. This is the 25th anniversary game for Puyo. If you don't know what Puyo is, I'm sure I've brought it up on several previous podcasts. It's basically a Tetris-style puzzle game where these blobs known as Puyo fall and you have to connect four of the same color and then you kick some ass. This colorful little puzzle game has been going strong for 25 years now thanks to Ban Presto and then followed up by Sega after Sega's purchase of Ban Presto who created the original Puyo games. But Sega has kept the torch burning bright, releasing a steady stream of Puyo games, at least in Japan. But for the 25th anniversary game, they've really gone a step beyond. Not only is it your standard awesome puzzle game, but they've actually included a huge RPG element to the game, thus the name Puyo Chronicles. So you get to traverse a giant RPG overworld, battling enemies, uh, collecting new teammates to help you along your world-spanning adventure. And instead of doing simple press A to use simple attack or X to magic it up, you get to play Puyo for every battle, which is, you know, it's like playing Puyo regularly, but with a huge crazy backstory that sounds super awesome. Another cool thing that's been revealed about the game so far is the co-op boss battles. Um, You could take on Puyo based boss battles uh, with friends to unlock even better items in crazy 4 on 1 battles. But now here's the downer. I really don't believe the game is going to come out in the west. Um, if, if Sega hasn't taken the time to translate the 15th or the 20th anniversary games, which are much more straightforward, uh, puzzle games, which probably need much less translating, even if Puyo does have a ton of dialogue, especially when compared to other puzzle games. But there's a reason why I'm not enthusiastic about Puyo Chronicles actually making it out of Japan. I'm going to take you all the way back to the starry old times of 2015. On May 3rd, 2015, it marked the 10th anniversary of the last time a Puyo game came out in America. The first Puyo games to come out in America were too ashamed to even admit they were Puyo games. Uh, Kirby's Avalanche for the Super Nintendo and Dr. Robotnik's Mean Bean Machine for the Sega Genesis or Kirby's Ghost Trap in the UK all were just reskins of the original 
Puyo game, which made a lot of sense about how terribly poorly animated Kirby looked in Kirby's Avalanche. But I was able to see past that, and I loved Kirby's Avalanche. But we're not talking about that today. In 2005, Sega and Atlas released a game called Puyo Pop Fever. The only time a Puyo game has made it uh, out of Japan unfettered in any way. So I'm just going to read this article from 2015. And you'll get a good gist of everything, I hope. Looking back on 10 years since Sega's Puyo Pop Fever. It's no secret that I love that Puyo Puyo series. After I was fooled into believing it was a Kirby game back on the SNES, I fell in love with the frenetic pace of the Puyo series, which was known stateside as Kirby's Avalanche at the time. Little did I know that some 10 years later, I would get an explosively colorful new iteration of the game by Sonic Team, back when those words meant something. This time, Puyo Puyo retained most of its original name as Puyo Pop Fever when it was released for the Nintendo DS on May 3rd, 2005. Even littler did I know that this would be the final Puyo game in the US ever since. Oh, there have been plenty of Puyo games since 2005. By the way, I've imported a few of them. Unlike the incredibly niche audience the game has garnered in the West, Japan has celebrated both the 15th and 20th anniversaries of the series with robust new outings. Uh, recently, Japan received a fusion of Puyo Pop Fever and Tetris in one strange colorful package. Why a floundering Sega refuses to port a ready-made puzzler to the US market is hard to fathom especially in a world now replete with downloadable puzzle offerings. Unfortunately, the consistent incompetence of Sega is practically movie-worthy, so I won't get into that here. So, as the Dreamcast slowly faded away, and with it, the dreams of many gamers who fell in love with Sega games such as Jet Grind Radio, Choo Choo Rocket, and Space Channel 5, I think that the final game to escape that era of Sega and Into the Wild is the Puyo series. The bright and colorful cast of Puyo Pop Fever fits right in next to the protagonists of any of the aforementioned series. Uh, to drive the point home about this being the end of an era, the Dreamcast release of Puyo Pop Fever or Puyo Puyo Fever in Japan was also the final Dreamcast game created by Sonic Team. So just take a little moment there and pour one out for the Dreamcast. Well, as Sega's star fell as the Dreamcast sank like the Titanic, uh, Puyo Pop Fever found itself ported to pretty much every single console available in Japan at the time. Like. Seriously, over like a dozen platforms got Puyo Pop Fever. Um, but of all of those versions, only the GameCube and the DS versions found a release outside of Japan. In fact, unlike the Sega published GameCube release in 2004, the DS version of Puyo Pop Fever was actually published nearly a year later uh, by Atlas 
and not Sega. So I often like to wonder if this game had come out maybe three or four years earlier at the pinnacle of the Dreamcast, would it have found a much bigger niche audience in the West? Would that niche audience be large enough to continue to convince Sega through all these years that we wanted more Puyo Pop? And will we ever get another Puyo Pop game in the US again? And will they continue to call it Puyo Pop in the US or will they just switch it back to Puyo Puyo and just, you know, not make this all so confusing? Anyway, that's a bit of the history of Puyo in the West. So back to current times though. Um, There are folks who I commend who are much more optimistic than I. And though I am a pessimist, I do support these folks with the hashtag Puyo Chronicles for the West. Now that is an incredibly clunky hashtag but whatever gets the job done so if you care about my angry rambling about Puyo Chronicles be sure to tell Sega on whatever social media of your choice and hashtag Puyo Chronicles for the West but come on the last thing I supported was what, a million strong for Mega Man Legends 3? Look how that turned out. So, back to being a pessimist. But, we should still be hyped for Puyo Chronicles, because it looks like a fun game. A great fusion of RPG, uh, overworld adventure, and down-home puzzle battling. Not to mention, it still has all of the classic puzzle modes and everything you've come to expect from a Puyo game. It's like you get an entire multi-hour long RPG on top of that. Everyone wins. Alright, let's start winding things down here. Uh, I've got a new segment. Basically, birthdays and anniversaries coming up in the world of video games. So, if there's any special date uh, in video game history that you think I should share, be sure to send it in, you know, before that date happens. So, a few interesting dates that are going on between now and the next subcon podcast in two weeks uh playstation classic final fantasy 8 turns 17 years old on september 9th which now makes it the same age as the angsty teenagers who love that game and anytime you bring up the birthday of final fantasy 8 you also have to mention that the dreamcast came out on the exact same day which also makes the Dreamcast 17 years old. September 14th, 2001 marked the release of the GameCube, making the GameCube 15 years old. Hopefully I could get around to celebrating by playing a couple of GameCube games like Mario Kart Double Dash and Alien Hominid. Kid Icarus saw release 30 years ago, back on September 19th, 1986, and the Persona series kicked off back in 1996 on September 20th, making that series 10 years old now. And this one's a little wishy-washy, but the Super Nintendo 
uh, not the Super Famicom, but specifically the Super Nintendo Entertainment System in America turns 25, while for some folks in some regions, uh, it turned 25 on August 23rd, but for most of the U.S., the Super Nintendo turned 25 on September 9th. Hello, staggered release schedules. Now that I dropped that knowledge on you, let's wrap things up here and get into the background music for today's episode. We kicked things off on today's episode with a Super Mario remix by DJ Kid Blast. That was a single off his SoundCloud page known as Super Mario World Star Road Cha-Cha Beat. That was followed up by a remix of music from Advance Wars Dual Strike called Midnight Skirmish, rearranged by Theory of Non-Existence, uh, aka Theory of N, who you may have heard of if you are a fan of video game remixes. And that track comes by way of the Sauce remixes. Then we heard a suite of music from the original Advance Wars game from the Game Boy Advance. We heard Wars World News, Sammy's Theme, Eagle's Theme, Nell's Theme, and Map Editor, uh, composed by Taishi Senda and Yoshito Hirano. And before the break, we heard I Can't Name Tunes for Beans, Man, uh, by That Andy Guy. And even if you can't name those tunes, there's some good tunes. After the break, we came back with some non-existent action platformer, Stage 1, um, a original chiptune beat written by Beat Cat, which you can find on his SoundCloud page. Of course, check our show notes over at gamemusicforall.com slash subcon for links to all of the great music that you're hearing in the background. That was followed up by some music composed by Hirokazu Ando and Ainosuke Nagao from the Super Nintendo game Kirby's Avalanche. We heard the opening theme that was followed up by another Puyo-based soundtrack. This time it was Puyo Pop Fever for the Nintendo DS composed by Hideki Abi and known as the Untrained Demon King Ultimate Legend. And then we heard one more suite of music from Kirby's Avalanche. We heard Final Stage, Dream Fountain Stage, Versus Game, Forest Stage, and Learning Stage. Many of which are Puyo-esque reimaginings of classic Kirby tracks. And to end the show this week, we're going to hear one more from Taishi Senda and Yashito. Hirano from the game Advance Wars with the track It's Finally Over because it will truly finally be over after that track. But before we get into that, the final track for today's subcon comes to us care of Tech Force. Uh, this track is the first single off his upcoming album Server Crash Part 1. This track is Retro Dreaming and it's produced by Offbeat Ninja. And thank you for listening to another Subcon Podcast. Life is like a mind screen, flows a part of this dream. Woke up, I was screaming, created a mini crime scene. This timeline, divine minds, twisted by my grind, equates to 
For listening to the Subcon Podcast, please support the show by subscribing to me at patreon.com slash genoboost. Find song links and show notes at gamemusicforall.com slash subcon. Follow me on Twitter at Genoboost and Instagram at RetroBitsLA. And of course, you can find the latest video game-based albums at GameMusicForAll.com. You're now leaving Subcon.